the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k23 bj mo here once again bj did you catch any more of the world cup games that won today i, I did not it's, it's on I, crazy I early for you. it's not. on like it's on like 5 a.m so i don't think you can because it's on early yeah, here yeah, yeah. but but so what happened today was saudi arabia who are not known for being good at football they beat one of the favorites to win the tournament in Argentina, who have someone called oh. Lionel Messi, who you might have heard of. Potentially the greatest. Yeah, I think of I've heard time. of him. I, uh, I think I've heard of him. I think I've heard of and him. It got me thinking, B. Which single game, not talking playoff series, which single game that you've seen in your life in the NBA was the biggest upset, the biggest surprise that you've ever seen? A game that you've just watched and thought, what just happened? Well, you know, in the NBA, it's really hard to have what I would consider an upset, like an upset, because that's what makes the NBA to me the most unique game, because it's not just a one game elimination. Mm -hmm. That's what and here for college basketball. You have these one game eliminations, one versus whomever, the, yeah. you know, the number one ranked team. And then you have a one game elimination when you're playing a seven game series. You got to beat this team four times, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. So it's not a fluke. <laughs> you, may, you may see a matchup that you didn't anticipate. But I'm talking but, like of those four games, of those seven games, what? So like, what pops into my head? Remember the year that the Raptors won the championship, 2019, yeah. right? Do you remember the yeah, first? That, yeah, do you remember the first game of the playoffs when they played Game One against the Orlando Magic in the Eastern Conference? Oh, they got and, and they DJ Augustine cooked them completely. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was a huge surprise to me. The same way game seven, Phoenix versus Dallas. Now I wasn't surprised Dallas won, but I was shocked in the way that Phoenix I'm lost. trying to think. So what, yeah, what yeah, game you know, one of, you and you just okay. You just, I, I can tell you're you just confused after recently. Yeah. Yeah, recently. Two recently. Okay. One was the Denver Nuggets, they beat. The Seattle at the time, the Seattle Supersonics. And, and, and I don't know if you remember, there's a famous photo of Dikembe Mutombo laying on the ground, just shaking the ball in pure joy. They beat them in that series. That series like messed me up. And then right. you and then recently, okay, and then the most recent one that was, was 994. Remember right? that. Somewhere around there. It was somewhere around there. You know, when you get old more, you can't remember. But the Denver <laughs> Nuggets beat the Seattle Supersonics. And the Seattle Supersonics had a great team. But they they lost the series. But yeah, that, I remember it, that it was one. It was the year that the Nuggets came in with like a 500 record as the eighth seed. And then they came yeah, in. Yeah, something and, like and that. no and one it, put that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it was no one anticipated that. And then the most recent one was... I hope I'm saying this correctly. The Dallas Mavericks were the number one seed. And remember that We Believe team? Yes, sir. The Warriors? Mm -hmm. Now, they beat Dallas. I think Dallas was the number one seed. However, yeah, no yeah. one gave the Warriors and, and a Dirk chance. Dirk was the right? MVP. Dirk was, yeah. No one gave the Warriors a chance. I mean, it was like, you know, it was like, okay, the Mavericks were great. MVP, Dirk Nowinski, and Baron Davis and, and, that, and that group. And it was just like unexpected because, you know, all right, they lost, you know, sometimes you lose the first game in a series or whatever. 
but give the Warriors credit. And that, that was so that's like the last time that I was really shocked because sometimes you will find a matchup that you just don't see during the regular season, but you will try something in the playoffs and then suddenly everyone gets tight. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that those two, I'm sure there are others, but those two come to mind immediately when you ask. I'm, I'm glad you said that because as soon as Saudi won, I tweeted out a picture of the We Believe Warriors and I said, this is Saudi Arabia. But speaking of surprises, <laughs> today's episode, what we're going to do is we're going to play a game. We're going to call it buy or sell. Because I was looking at the standings this morning. The Western Conference, okay. the one seed and okay. the 10th seed are separated by just two games. Only in two games Conference. separate the top 10 teams in the West. So I want to focus on a couple teams here and decide whether they should be buying or selling. Because, of course, right now, we've got to start at the top with the Utah Jazz, who everyone expected to be at the very bottom. Here they are at the very top with 12 wins on the season. Should they be buyers rather than sellers? Because everyone's thinking, oh, they're tanking. Oh, even though they started the season well, they're going to trade all their players and keep tanking. But they're going to get to a point soon where it gets too late to tank because the Houston Rock is already 3-14. and 14. Do you think that they should... Use some of those picks that they acquired in the Gobert and Mitchell trades to go out and acquire more players to make a run at the playoffs this season. Well, Mo, what they played what about 19 games or so, 20 games? That's or so. right. Okay. And you know, I like to give 25 games before making a decision about a group. Okay. That's kind of my, you know, just one of my principles in evaluating the team. However, I watched them play, just happened to watch them play last night versus the Clippers. They have a very interesting team. And the reason they have an interesting team is because they have a legit, not a converted stretch five. Laurie Marketing is a legit stretch five, whatever that is in today's game. And Olenek as well. And Kelly Olenek is skilled enough. Both of those players are skilled enough to be bigs who can play dribble handoff. They can play screen roll. They can shoot. They can... They can have they, they have ability to escape if you close out too fast on them. They have the ability to put it on the floor after a couple of dribbles and still make the right play. So they have two legit stretch fives. I just put Laurie Marketing at the five because he seems to be guarding the other team's fives. However, it's an interesting, you have to defend them in a different way because they literally have five guys on the perimeter who can shoot and make threes at a high clip. They're, they are a tough guard. So I see why they're winning. Like I, I was studying them last night. I go, let me just watch them versus the Clippers because I think the Clippers have a deep roster. They have a lot of depth. I see why they are winning. Okay. And, 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 they, said, and they're down. Tyler said after the game, Coach Will Hardy of the Utah Jazz has brought some new offensive schemes to the NBA that no one has ever seen before. Give him a huge credit towards the team's success. Yeah, and well, that... I'm not sure what it was, but I do know it's a problem because you can't rim protect versus him. You can't rim protect. Why? Because you have to guard Laurie Marketing and you have to guard Kelly Olenek at the perimeter, at the three-point line. That's a fact. There's no, you know, yeah, when you, you play, come in to help, you're leaving someone open who can't shoot. You got to run those guys off the line. So any type of drag dribble, meaning, you know, you're waiting for the big to screen, it's a, it's a pick and pop for them. Now mm-hmm. you're in full rotation. Clarkson, 
uh, Beasley, Sexton, and all of those guys, they're just attacking the basket. It's kind of like a, you know, like it's, it's like a, it's like a, you know, they're playing just like open gym and everyone, you either shoot the three or you attack the rim. There's nothing in between. Now, I don't know how that works in the playoffs. I don't know how that works as other teams see it more. I don't know how it works. But right now, Lori marketing is a massive problem on the perimeter. He's a he's just a massive problem. So I give them credit for having a legit five who can score on the perimeter and a legit five who can make plays. I mean, both of those guys, Olenek and marketing, they are really solid, solid players. Okay. They're more than solid players because they have the ability to play like guards. And 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 Lori Markinen is seven feet. So um I, I I like them. I like what they're doing. I, I see and I understand now. Getting to your I still think this team needs to add a piece or two with this group. If you could add a star caliber player with this group, I think you got something there. Because they have those guys that they currently have now. That's a those are nice, nice. That's a nice team. And they're they're a good team without them. They're, I think they have the best record in the league now, or the best record in the in, Western in, Conference in the West. right now. Yeah. In the West right now. But if you add, I'm saying a, a like if you gave like Giannis this team, I don't think you could beat them. No. Well, you know what I mean? Like you know what I'm saying? Like, like, but every you could say that about you could say that with Giannis. If you put Jason Tatum with this group, someone like that. You now saying, oh, wow, you know, and I, I don't know how long this lasts, but what I do know is you can't guard Laurie Marketing with a big who's who's not good at closing so out on the, on, if, on the if they were to add in another piece using one of their 14 future first round picks that they've amassed, it would have to be a guard or a wing, which positions would we be targeting? Because if you want to well, keep this philosophy of a five-out team. Okay, great. So, well, let's talk about constructing a roster. At the beginning of the season, you were talking about retooling with this team. You were like, yeah. okay, we're just gonna, we're just gonna have a like, like, like the kid THT. I was watching him last night. Man, he he he, he played terrific last night. Like you, you were saying, well, at least I thought Danny was saying. Let's just see what we have this year. We're going to get our timelines kind of, you know, maybe Jordan Clarkson is going to get traded at some point. You know, we're get, we're going to take a look at THT. You know what? We acquired Lori Marketing. You know, we got Kelly Olenek on a nice contract. But, you know, we're not expecting. Suddenly now you're looking at the team going, hmm, our bench and our role players, that's solid. Mm -hmm. So now I'm not sure if Danny is going to do the following, but these are great problems to have. Do you take those draft picks and you identify a player who's currently in the league? Or do you stick to your timeline and say, we're going to rebuild through the draft? Because if you're going to have sustained excellence, you're going to have to draft those players. If you're going to have, if it's going to be sustained for any length of time, you're going to have to draft an all-star caliber player. In That's order, a fact. In order to increase those odds of drafting an all-star player, you don't want to be top of the Western Conference. Well, uh, uh, 
I'm not, I'm not concerned. There's good players in the draft everywhere. You got Manu Ginobili in the second round. If you want to, if you want to depend on luck, and, and, and as I say, Mo, don't help me, help that bear. If I'm in it, <laughs> don't help me. There are good players everywhere in the draft. It is my job. Okay. So, Mo, you know, for me and the way I think about the league, if you take my class, Mo, you're going to get an A in. That's how I, that, that, that's how I think. If Mo takes my class, you're going to get an A. Mm -hmm. Okay. But this draft class, there were clearly two guys that you would want ahead of because you. But I didn't find 15. That to up. me, that to me is the, that is one of my greatest concerns about constructing a roster. You're waiting on a star and a hero to save you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bill Jackson's, for instance, in, in my era, he coached perhaps the greatest player, one of the greatest duos of all time. Jordan retires, Phil Jackson. We have a better record the following year than we had with Michael Jordan. The B.J. Armstrong all-star season. season. Okay, okay. The reason that's important is because when you're constructing a team, your star player has to be able to do something that the other players can't do, which is to finish a game. Your role players have to be able to compete to get the star to that point so that the star could actually be the star. But when you start building these teams with, I just need, I'm going to put all in on one player, no player, no player is good enough to just win by him, by himself. That's no, that's, that's just a fact. Yeah, now, we, had, we had that so conversation yesterday. <laughs> Yeah. So when you start constructing a team around that idea, that never concerns me. That that never concerns me. Giannis is going to need Middleton and Drew Holiday and the rest of those guys if they're going to win it this year. And he's the best player. But if you think Giannis and just without having high caliber players next to him that he's going to win, that's impossible. He'll put up a good fight, though. All right, he'll put up a good fight, but he's going to need quality players around him. When I say quality, good, talented players around him. So if you're asking me to look at this draft, it's going to be top-heavy this year. And when I mean top-heavy mode, this is what I mean by top-heavy. Every year, there's every year you there's a bowl bowl or somebody lurking in the draft. Every year, right? There's there's you know, every year. There's going to be a, a quality player, but this year, there's going to, it's going to be top heavy. It's going to be like in the top ten. I see like three or four of those guys that could easily be Hall of Fame players, mm -hmm. and I never ever say that. Mo, like, yeah, like I'm seeing some talented young people that's going to like come into this league. I think and be impactful in the winning column at the. And, and that's going to be led by Victor. Victor, I got to stop watching this kid. He keeps me up at night. He keeps me watching. And the things he's doing, you just, I'm past wild with him now. It's like, now I just want to see how he adjusts and how the game is going to have to adjust to him. But there are going to be some other players at the top of this draft mode. I think they're going to be really, really good. Well, so, and Danny has to make that decision. And I, I don't know how good because I'm not scouting those players, but I can see in the first three, four games in, in college basketball mode, 
there's a couple guys out there that's like, okay, they're they're gonna they're gonna be impactful here and and really be a good pick for some franchise here in the NBA real real soon. Ooh, that's why I'm asking about the the Jazz because being number one seed in the West is not going to get you a top ten pick this year. However, they do own picks from the likes of the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are currently tenth in the Western Conference. Do you see them making any changes to their roster, or do you think they're going to stick with it? with this new roster that they've created that's not working so well. Talking about the Timberwolves. Yes, sir. I think the Timberwolves are interesting because with, you know, they have two legit all-stars right now. And I, and I also put D'Angelo Russell in there because he was an all-star. I'm expecting big things from this kid, uh, Anthony Edwards. Mm -hmm. Anthony Edwards, I mean, he is a talent. He is a talent, talent. Uh-huh. He, he physically, he's the athlete you're looking for. He's strong. He plays through contact. Great. You know, his, his footwork is terrific. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting him to be an all-star sooner rather than later. Now, as you know, Mo, you, you have to play the game in a certain space and pace and and really provide the proper spacing, the proper balance on the court. And for some reason, it's not happening for this team just yet. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to give up on this team because sometimes players just figure it out. I'm not there every day in practice to make this, but it appears to be that the Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, that's going to be difficult to sustain it on the defensive end. I'm not as concerned as much on the offensive end, but defensively, it seems like that's going to be a problem for them. If if I were playing against this team, I would love to play against them. Why? Because, you know, they have two guys that basically are centers in this in this league. And I can attack them. Yeah. I can uh, attack them. Well, just going back quickly to Ansi Edwards, um, you know, on the other side of the ball, because you're talking about defense, but on offense, you know, this the start of this year, they were everyone was shocked that he's not scored many dunks. He's not had that space to attack in the middle because of the floor spacing, like what we spoke about yesterday with the centers taking up space on the floor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think that this way this team is constructed is going to limit his growth as a player? Well, I don't think it's going to limit. I Listen, when you are a player, you figure it out and you adjust. That's the one thing about young people. They're very resilient. Okay. Young people are very resilient. I would love to think that, you know, everyone runs the same offense and then you just go out there and play. You got to tinker a little bit. The coaches have to tinker. The players have to tinker. You got to get a feel. You know, you don't make these trades. I mean, sometimes it happens. Sometimes you'll make a trade and it works immediately. Sometimes you'll feel real strongly about a trade or adding this component to your team and it just doesn't work for whatever the reason may be. Sometimes you get an unexpected contribution from a player you thought it would never work and it was the greatest thing that happened. So you, we have to give it time. Carl Diddy Towns is a terrific player, especially on the offensive end. I mean, he can stretch the court. He could score. He's a, he's a 2010 guy waiting to happen. And then you have Rudy Gobert, who's a very capable player in the way he plays. However, you got to have the balance that's going to work. And right now, Anthony Edwards seems to hasn't, he hasn't found his rhythm yet with this group. And, I, and a lot of it is because of the new personnel, the way they play. 
They're not playing as fast. You can't play as fast. You got two seven footers out there. So the coaches have to figure it out. We got to give guys the ball, you know, your job as a coach is to figure out how to get guys the ball where they best operate. So that's going to take some time too. So I'm not ready to give up on it yet. The only problem that I see to be that maybe as a great concern is on the defensive end. Like, I don't know how you could have Carl Anthony Towns switching on point guards in his league if everybody switches on defense and, and Rudy Gobert. So I think that is a major problem. Yes, I agree. Um, just one thing I want to touch on real quick before we switch over to the East, and that's the OKC Thunder. Because we talked about the Jazz having so many draft picks. The Thunder, we know they pretty much have unlimited draft picks for the future of humanity. Shagos Alexander, or Shay, as my TikTok followers nicely corrected me, this is what I get for watching games with the commentary turned off. Because apparently it's not Shy and it's Shay. Shay Gilders Alexander right. is playing MVP caliber basketball. They've got Chet Holmgren who'll be back next year. Do you think that they cash in any of those picks and add to their roster to try and make a run for the playoffs, given that the West is so tight this season? Or do you think that they continue to quote unquote rebuild? Well, you know, when I when I look at their roster, there's there's two players that stand out immediately. And well, really three. The kid Dork really stands out to me. Okay. And but I don't hold him in the same. He just got paid as well in this offseason. Yeah, I I I think he is a starter caliber player in this league. Why? Because he can do all of the dirty work. He guards literally the one, two, three, and fours in this league. He's strong enough to guard these undersized fours. He has terrific footwork on the get over screens strong he can absorb contact so i think he's a starter now this kid josh giddy he, I mean, he's just interesting to me i mean he's clever he's got terrific size he's a basketball player he's just a he's just a player i don't know what he is but he's a player i, I wouldn't awesome. put in a position he does a little bit of everything i mean you know you he'll play in the game not as the primary ball handler and then have a triple double when it's all said and done that speaks volumes about his game Okay, he's that type of player. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about Shea. Now, Shea is forcing the issue this year because he's putting the pressure on the executives to make a decision. And the decision is, you, you, you got two guys I think could be all-stars. All right, and then you got another guy who was drafted and we're expecting him to play at an all-star caliber level, and that's Chet Holmgren. Can't forget about Big Chet is sitting over there, has a foot injury now, but they have high expectations for him. But their guards, they look like they're going to have, they're going to be in the conversation for best guard tandem in the league for many years to come, those two. Josh Giddy and Shea Alexander, okay. So I think they are set there. Once Chet comes back in the fold with Lou Dort, that's four starters right there. That's four legit starters, provided Chet plays like we think he's going to play, you know, being the number, what, what was he, number two pick in the draft, right? Yeah. If he pans out, you got four starters. Now you have to fill out the rest of the roster. Ooh, they get another okay. pick this year. It could be, could be Wemby. Okay. could be a Wemby-Chet well, court. Who knows? Again, I'll say this again. If you're going to, those things sound good. It's having two seven footers and doing, 
you better be able to defend on the, the, the on that other end. I, I that in today's game, the rules as presently constructed in the league, it favors the small guy. The guy who has the biggest advantage now in the NBA are the wing players who can put it on the floor. Mm-hmm. Because they can rebound the basketball, they don't have to outlet it. They can create, they can, they can initiate contact as an offensive player. Unlike you, you know, I, I can't hand check anymore. I can't NP progress anymore. And they have size to attack the rim and all those things. So if you're going to play these seven footers, like we just talked about, you know, with with Carl Anthony Towns and 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 uh, what's the, uh, Gobert. You better be able to defend on that perimeter because three, last time I checked, is worth more than two. So I'm not sure what Sam is going to do, but I do know what I do know, though, is that he has two amazing, young, talented guards who should probably be all stars at some point during their career. You know, Shea could easily be in the MVP count conversation this year. Shea will be an all star this season. He'll definitely okay. be an all star this could, season. Could Could be. Could be. So I think they are in good options. I mean, they they have great options ahead of them. Why? Because their young players are developing. Their young players are performing. And now you got to figure out. Now, Victor, I don't know what he's going to be. But whatever, wherever he goes, you're going to have to build a team around him. And that, to me, is the, the... the thing that I'm most concerned about him is because you can't draft a player like Victor and ask him to fit in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying, Mo? It's yeah. not so easy. It's not so easy. You know, it's easier to do that like when you saw LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch do it because they had already they, were, they had established already, themselves in the league. They weren't just coming now, in fresh. Yes. And then they were ready to do that at that stage of their career. When you're asking someone to come into this league and do that, nine times out of 10, that's not going to work. You have to build to get to that point. So I would hope that Victor, just like Shea, now is finding out what he can do. This is Shea's team. And then all of a sudden now someone else comes in and then Victor comes in and then we never find out what check could really be because you're going to ask him to just be a role player at that point. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 again, I think it's important for these players to figure out who they are. And then when they are ready to win, they'll tell you that. And then they'll show you that. So I, I don't know how you could ask Victor to do that. That's not fair to him. He's that level of talent, because let me tell you something, if he goes there, Shea's going to have to tone that down a little bit. Giddy's going to have to tone that down a little bit. And we got to get the big fella touches. Yeah. So switching over to the Eastern Conference slightly, uh, we talked about the Utah Jazz being a surprise package. Rick Carlisle and the Indiana Pacers, 10 and 6, currently fourth in the Eastern Conference. Now, all the talk was about trading Buddy Heald and Miles Turner to the Lakers. But do you think the Pacers could make a run at the playoffs this season? and stand pat or maybe potentially add pieces to their roster. Well, you know, 
you know, Mo, I, I keep pointing back to this trade. So I, I, for some reason, I followed that trade closely. The Halliburton trade and the Sabonis. If there's ever been a trade that's happened recently, and I think you said it, we were talking about it, you and I were texting back and forth. Mo, that's a win-win. Mm-hmm. Both play of the week. That's a win-win that's a win-win. I don't think he was player of the week. Sabonis. I think it was uh, uh, Fox was the player. Yeah, of the week. yeah. But the bad, fact that, that yeah, the two yeah, guards, but the, players yeah, of the, week. the two guards, Halliburton. No one, myself included. I, I thought he was a. I thought he was a really good player. I thought he was a really good player. But you can't have Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox. Sometimes things just don't match up. You know what I mean? Like Halliburton, you could see the kid was talented, and he needed the ball too. But as I just said here, just, you know, two minutes ago, this is a guard league. This league favors guards now. Mm -hmm. And Halliburton now leading the NBA in assists. He's he's a big guard. He can pass. You know, he has an unorthodox shot, but it goes in. He knows how to play. Rick Carlisle is a terrific, terrific coach. So why are we surprised? When you are getting excellent guard play. That's the one thing, Mo, that we can say about this generation and this brand of basketball in this era. If you get good guard play, Mo, you got a chance. Okay. Mm -hmm. Marcus Smart. Let's take your Celtics. Uh, uh, Steph Curry. John Morant. If you get good guard play, Mo, in this era. Yep. You got a chance. It's essential. It's, it's essential. It's, 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 it's essential. Right. It, it's 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 without question. So Halliburton. So our so any of us who were in the league, we're saying Halliburton is a quality quality guard, right? He may he he could be an all star guard. He's got size. He defends a little bit. Terrific passer. Plays with that pace that we always talk about. Knows how to play downhill. You give him shooters like Buddy Hill and these guys. You give him guys he can lob to like Turner. The kid, what's the young kid from Alec from Arizona? Uh, he's come in uh, um, on the, the uh, rookie this year. Oh, on the Pacers, yeah, I can't, yes, kid from he, Canadian kid. So you put these players around him. Suddenly now you're talking about, hey, we we got something here. Oh, I didn't expect them. No, Halliburton's a good player. He, when you have good guard play, you're going to be okay. Maxi, Drew Holiday. You, 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 you're going to be okay. So I'm not shocked with this team. What I am shocked is how consistent they are playing. I mean, Mo, this isn't a fluke. But I'm not shocked because they got good bodies. Those are good bodies, too. You know what I mean? When I say good bodies, they're, 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 they're like a strong group. They're not like a young – like when you look at the Orlando Magic, for instance, you go, man, in a year or two – as their bodies mature, you're saying they could be. Yeah. But when you look at the Pacers, you're going, "Hey, these guys are big." It's kind of like it's kind of like when I watch the kid from the Detroit Pistons, the kid Duran. I go, yep. "There's no way that kid can just turn 19." No, he is he is certified. <laughs> so I'm if he's you know 19, I mean? I'm 12 years old, BJ. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he comes in at 18, and I go, "Well, I, I've never seen anybody who looked like that at 18." You know, like he's he's just he's just big. So when you see the bodies of the Indiana Pacers and the way they play and they have excellent guard play, I, I, I shouldn't be shocked. 
I didn't expect them to be as consistent this late in the season. I mean, we're, we're closing in on 20 games, Mo, and the Pacers are, are here. Uh-huh. And you're saying, and they, and they, and they're going to, they're all, because of their age, they're only going to get better and better with time. Well, on the other end of scale, the last team I want to ask you about today, the Miami Heat, currently 12, mm. 7 and 11. Mm. They don't have age mm. on their side. Jimmy Butler is an aging yes. superstar with a contract that yes. will look progressively worse as he ages. They've got a uh, Duncan Robinson, who it seems like they've been trying to trade for eternity and no one really wants to take him. They've just paid Tyler Hero, who, of course, was the sixth man of the year. He's a great young player, but uh, Bam Adebayo is there as well. But what about the Miami Heat? Because they are running the risk of being trapped in NBA purgatory, where they're not good enough to actually contend for a title, not being bad enough to kind of end up with one of those high draft picks and just kind of just lurk around in the playoffs. What do you see the Miami Heat situation like? Because I criticized them for not making any additions in the offseason, and it looks like that's all coming true right now. Yeah, it's... You know, Miami has been an interesting team because they literally put all their eggs in one basket. They got P.J. Tucker last year. They got Kyle Lowry last year. And those guys are, you know, that they are who they are at this stage of their career. You know, Jimmy Butler, I think, certainly has another gear that he can get to, that he can play. I mean, we, we, we you know. Yeah, he, he unlocks it in the playoffs, but you got to get to the playoffs to unlock it. To and right now, yeah. <laughs> yikes. They're, they're struggling. You know, Mo, it, I, I think this team right now, they don't have the depth that they normally would have, especially the when you talk about a Pat Riley team, where they construct their team. They've, they've always had depth. They've always had, you know, nine, ten players that they could play and, and they'll get in and get out and, and do some things. I don't think they have the depth, you know. Um, and they're relying so much now on Jimmy, right, on the defensive end, on the offensive end. Obviously, they're well coached, right? I mean, you know, Coach Spo is one of the best coaches it, in the NBA. We yes, all know this. Coaches, yes, but you know, yeah, they lost Coles, PJ Tucker. They obviously they got Lowry. They're starting Caleb Martin now to replace PJ mm-hmm. Tucker. He doesn't have that same defensive intensity and that size. Well, he doesn't have the same size. Yeah, yeah, the size. So right. they're basically playing Jimmy at the four and Bam at the five. Five. Bam, we like, we know he's a very good player, but I'm waiting for him to make that leap to a superstar player, which I don't still don't well, think he well, has. Yeah. Who's that, Bam? Bam, Bam out of bio, yeah. Well, I, I, I will say this about Bam. You know, Bam is interesting because of the following. You know, Bam is around 6'9 or so. And he plays the center position. So he's basically an undersized center right now who's evolved into an all-star caliber player. You know, think of him the same way you think of Al Horford. Remember when Al Horford was making all-star teams when he's down there in Atlanta. But he's more athletic than Al Al Horford. Yeah. Okay, at the same size. But that's how I look at him. Now, what he probably should be playing is the power forward position. Yep. Okay. Is he's playing the power four position, then I think we could see how effective Bam could be. Now, if there's only one thing that I see with Bam, because he's, you know, defensively, he's terrific. He gives you effort. And they utilize him in a way that's unique because he does a lot of, they run the offense through him on the perimeter. 
Yep. All the dribble handoffs. But it's on the perimeter. Dribble, handoffs. You could swing the ball with him. But you know what's interesting with watching him is they never just dump it into him on the box. Mm-hmm. That's what makes him interesting to me. Is because when you watch him, he never just dumps it in. You know, you always see him catching the ball on the move, dunking or catching an alley-oop or in transition. But you never see them just run a post-up for him, dump it in and say, just go to work, big fellow, in a need situation. You know, he could play screen role. He can do all, all those things. So I think Bam right now is really a four. You, Jimmy clearly is a two, right? You can't have Jimmy... Butler playing the four during the regular season, right? That's just going to beat them up. Mm-hmm. So right now they have players playing out of position, but you got it. This is the league. This league is unforgiving. It's not going to like feel sorry for you. They'd have to figure it out. But I think if you can get those players to their natural positions, I think this is a different team. I'm fine with Kyle, Kyle Lowry still playing the point, but when you don't have the size, right? They need, I, I think they need, to have a five with size, and then you want to you you put Bam at the four, and then you got a three who can slash athleticism, and then and then now you start bringing their guys that they currently have in the starting line off the bench. Then I think they're right there. So I think right now they have a problem because they don't have the right personnel with this group due to whatever the reason may be. Right? I, I agree. We you spoke know. about this in the off season that Bam needs to be at the yeah. four, and needs to put a five around him. I wanted to wrap up the episode there, but we have breaking news or a breaking report because it's not really news from Sam Amico who says the Brooklyn Nets would like to move Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, who recently made his return, he's now eligible to play. Do you think this is just talking for talking's sake or do you think that there's any substance behind that? Because the Nets... I do. I do think they want to move him. I do. I I do think they would like to move him. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do think they would like to move him. And the reason I say that and I don't know this. I, I'm I, obviously I don't. I'm not privy to the conversation. But I always try to look at things. If I were in the organization, if I was in the organization right now, the Brooklyn Nets, right? When Kyrie Irving came, they committed to Kyrie Irving and building the team around him. That's mm-hmm. correct. That's a fact. They committed to him and KD. Now, yeah. the last thing they want from Kyrie Irving is to leave, and they get nothing for him. Because he could leave at the end of the season. Yeah. They've traded all their players away. They 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 did what they had to do to get the room for Kyrie and KD to be there. KD signed in the offseason, right? To, for your extension, if I remember correctly. Kyrie elected not to do it. He took the player option. Okay. So now the Brooklyn Nets are faced with as an organization. If Kyrie does not sign and commit to us, which I have the the only one that knows that is Kyrie and his team, the Brooklyn Nets stand to lose Kyrie Irving for nothing. Mm -hmm. So this isn't news. This is just like, oh, (laughs) they're just reminding us of how difficult it is to build a team. You know, you, Mo, I, I tell you this all the time in private. The difficulty of building a team in today's climate is probably the most difficult it's ever been. Mm-hmm. This is, as an executive, this is the most difficult thing I've seen in my 25 or 30 years 
associated with the NBA. It is so difficult to build a team. So right now, the Brooklyn Nets have to be concerned about the future. KD is locked in. Kyrie, you can't afford to let Kyrie play and he is not committed in signing with them. And for and I'm not sure how they feel about each other right now, right? I don't know what the trust factor is, right? I'm not privy to those meetings. I don't know. But what I do know, if Kyrie just ups and leaves with no compensation on the back end for him. Yep. That's that they got a franchise to run. So this isn't really news. This is just reminding all of us of the business of basketball, right? You, you and I love to talk about the basketball business. We love to talk about basketball, but behind the basketball is a business that you got to run. Mm -hmm. And they're just reminding everyone of the business. And that question has to be answered sooner rather than later. I hear it. I hear it. It's going to be interesting to see if any teams want to trade for Kyrie, obviously with the unpredictability of him, not having a multiple year contract go in and his promise of saying, okay, if I get traded here, I'll sign an extension. His word clearly means nothing. As he said to the Celtics, he was going to sign an extension and then disappeared. He said to the Cavs, he wanted to be there for the long term and then demanded a trade. So I don't, I know the, the Brooklyn Nets might want to move him, but I don't know which general manager is going to put his neck on the line to trade for well, Kyrie Irving. But I, having I said would, that, I, I would say this. Yeah, I would say this. I, I think there are a few teams out there. I, I really do, right? I, I think there are a few teams that would take a chance. The thing that I'm I'm interested with you know, as trade deadline will come around and you and I will be as busy as all what, because I think the top teams in this league who really feel they have a chance to win will do what you referred to earlier with the Toronto Raptors. They'll take these they'll take these one year rentals. Mm -hmm. I think that's a real thing now in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Go all in, okay. win that chip and then deal with the problems <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I and I really feel. You say what you want to about Kyrie and it's well documented and I'm not I'm just looking at the I'm just I like, like my comfort zone, if you will, is in the basketball business. OK, I love to talk about the game. OK, yeah. I know we talk a lot about the business and all the things off the court, but if you're just talking basketball now and you got to take the whole picture. And so I'm, I, I get, if you make the argument on the other side, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, 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 I'm aware of that. If you had a chance for three months with Kyrie Irving and you get the best version of Kyrie Irving, if I like my chances, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Mo, Mo, He's got to play. That's the thing. It, hey, I'm coming here, Kyrie. You got a chance to win because he only has one option now. You, if he decides not to play, he's he's not getting over. Let's say a mid level exception. Think about this. He's really got to show out. And that bread. He, he's got to show up and show out. Now, if he plays, you got to think because no one's going to convince me that this man isn't a max talent. You understand what I'm saying here, Mo? Yep. If we're just talking basketball, if you put Kyrie in a gym and Kyrie plays, you're going to say he's one of the elite players on the floor, if not the best player on the floor. 
one of if he plays. Yes. If he plays. Kyrie's that's capable where, that's of... That's where the difficulty Kyrie. lies, though, if yeah, he no, plays. No, it's not difficult. It's not, you know, it's For not him, difficult. it has proven to be. Okay. If you look for whatever. From my angle, it is, if I put this young man in a position to where all I'm asking him to do is play basketball, that's my job. When you come to my class, you're going to get an A. <laughs> when you come to my class, Bo, Bo, if you came to my class, you're going to get an A. Mm-hmm. Provided you do one, but here's the responsibility I'm putting on all my students. You got to show up. Mm-hmm. Now, whoever gets Kyrie, let's say you get him at the trade deadline in February. If Kyrie shows up, I ain't even say he got to play now. If he just shows up, if if I say, okay, Kyrie, all I'm asking you to do is show up for 16 games that I know I got to win to win the championship. If Kyrie shows up for 16 wins in the playoffs, I feel darn good about my about my chances. I mean, throwing someone new in to integrate into the system, to build a chemistry with his teammates, I don't feel too good about that. Oh, please. Kyrie, I don't it's not Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's not Nikola Jokic. Yeah, it, it's Kyrie yeah, Irving. You, I, I, I would I'm not a, feel I'm so a, good. I'm a, I'm a, that's fine. You, you cannot feel good about it. This is a league now that's dominated by small players. I watched Steph Curry go 0 for 11 in the NBA Finals and still win. Mm-hmm. This is a league now that's dominated by point guard play and guard play. We can't deny that. If we okay. don't win with Giannis, I need Drew Holiday. I, Drew okay. Holiday's got to show up. I, I accept that. I accept that. However, Kyrie Irving aside from that one-year run with LeBron, has never been successful in the playoffs. Okay. I'll say it again. I'll I'll say it again because I know you're not hearing me. If I'm just adding him, I'm not asking him to lead me. I'm not asking him to come to be the best player on my team. I'm not asking him to come to take me to the promised land. If I'm able to get Kyrie on a one-year rental, I was able to win. I'll say it again. I'm going to put it real plain to you, Mo. I can win an NBA championship and Kawhi Leonard only has to show up half the time. I think Kawhi Leonard is significantly <laughs> better than Kyrie Irving, though. You can have your opinion. The, the fact remains, he only showed up half the time. Mm-hmm. Bo, he only showed up half of the time. He didn't even show up for every game. These one-year rentals now... That changed the NBA. We're going to look at that that Kawhi Leonard going to Toronto for one year and winning the championship changed the entire NBA because you're saying, hmm, I don't even have to commit to this guy. And we don't even have to re-sign him. He knows he's not going to re-sign. Kyrie, you take care of Kyrie Irving. You, Kyrie, you go out here and average 35 points a game. You do you if that's what you want to do. If you don't want to play, that's fine too. That's fine. That's worth the risk. That's a that's a high risk, high reward proposition that every team in the league secretly would take. If you say I can get Kyrie Irving for nothing, you take that, Mo. Mm, but you, you can't get that. it for nothing. You have to trade for him and his huge salary. So uh, uh, but, the but, hypothetical again, of getting I, him for nothing is not on the table here. Okay, but here's the thing. I'll say this again because I want you to process what you got to get something for Kyrie. 
you you're not in position now to say I want an all-star caliber player back. <laughs> you're not in position now. Mo, never step, never come to the negotiating table without leverage. Mm-hmm. You have to get something for him. You got to get something. Mo, he he can just walk away from your organization for nothing. And the Nets have no leverage because once Kyrie goes, you think Kevin Durant's going to want to stick around? They got no leverage. Okay. Well, I, 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 all I'm saying is I think there are teams out there that will quietly inquire about him and could put together something to say, hey, if Kyrie leaves, Let's say they, if they know, if they Kyrie leaves, that's probably the first domino for KD leaving. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you get back young players and some expiring contracts and all of those things? You would do that. If you had you to predict something for him. If you had to predict one team where you could see Kyrie Evan going right now, who would it be? Just one team, just right off the top, you know, without knowing anything. I, I think the Lakers would do it. I was going to say the Miami Heat. I think the Lakers would do it. Yeah, for Russell Westbrook. I think the Lakers would do it. Yeah, because they they're gonna want to sign him in free agency anyway. Um, but let us know on social media. I, 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 just, I think that yeah, yeah. I think the Lakers would do it. I think they're Miami. I could see Miami. You know, what? You, you hey, you have a talk and and you say we 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 you, listen. I don't know his mindset when I say his mind. I don't know Kyrie's mindset. But look, you're coming down there with Pat Riley. You're you get a chance to play with with with. Play for Coach Bo. And if Jimmy Butler and Bam out of Bayou and, and Kyrie Irving, I can feel I could I can do something with that. Provided he's committed to that. Now, I don't know those conversations. I don't know what that means. I don't, but you know what? You you can you can work with that. Now, I'm not saying that's gonna happen. I have no idea. Obviously, just you and I talking, but I could see, I could see teams. Inquiring. I'm not saying you pull. I'm not saying you even do the trade. However, Mo, this is the NBA, and I know it's one thing about the NBA and the executives. They're all looking for talent. <laughs> now, we can debate and have another show about the other stuff if you so desire, or we so desire to, to go down that path. But if you're just keeping it basketball, <laughs> that young man there. Hey, that young man there, Mo, he's he he he, he pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, only some will tell. Let us know on social media. Tweet us at Hoop Genius or join the Discord server, where you can find the link in the podcast description, and you can join the conversation over there. We could be back tomorrow with more. Who knows? Kyrie might even be traded by the time tomorrow's episode comes out. We're gonna have to wait and see what happens with it this season. Make sure you leave a review and a ring. As always, we're gonna be back with more NBA talk on the Hoop Juice podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. BJ, appreciate you as always. Appreciate you guys at home for listening and make sure that you get buckets. <laughs>